0: I wanna be free, I wanna be, wanna be free. free.
1: Welcome to Liberty Chats, produced by members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council. Thank you for joining us. We talk to a variety of experts, leaders, journalists, and policymakers about our nation's founding principles, why they are still so relevant and essential to preserving freedom for everyone, what specific challenges and threats they face today, and how those founding principles best safeguard and empower everyone's ability, young and old, to attain prosperity and personal happiness.
2: Hello, I'm Matt Melcher. Welcome to another edition of Liberty Chats by the Steamboat Institute. I'm here with uh, Drew Bond. Uh, Drew has decades of experience in the conservative movement and in the private sector. Served as a senior advisor for President George W. Bush at the U.S. Department of Energy. He was chief of staff at the Heritage Foundation, Dred Fulner, and and as a legislative assistant to former U.S. Senator Don Nichols from Oklahoma. He's a mission-driven serial entrepreneurial um, and energy innovation. He's he's been a thought leader there for decades. Uh, He's currently the president and CEO of Powerfield Energy as well as 3C Solutions. And we're just gonna talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the the climate. Uh, We're gonna talk about how conservatives can can be part of that discussion and win that discussion. And absolutely, we're gonna touch a little bit on, um, the Ukraine crisis and, and what's going on over there. Um, so, Drew, just tell me a, a little bit more about kind of C three and what what you guys are currently working on. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me.
0: First of all, thanks to the folks at Steamboat for hosting this uh, this podcast. Uh, so, you know, C three Solutions uh, we're a nonprofit educational organization. So, we're you know, folks might think of us as like a think tank. We're focused on educating you know, Capitol Hill makers, public policy leaders. And um, and so we we approach the whole issue of climate and energy and the environment in a way that we feel like is very authentically conservative, authentically free market. Uh, so C three Solutions actually stands for the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions. And so I know that conservatives and climate don't always go together, at least not as much in the past. Um, but you know, we very intentionally put conservative and climate and solutions in our name because. We felt like that for too long. Conservatives were uh, conceding on an issue that we should be winning on, um, and and I get that many conservatives don't like even talking about climate, or um, you know they they want to uh, instead you know talk about environmental stewardship. Those are you know the language of the left is not the language of the right on this issue. Um, but you know it's it's impossible to have a discussion these days anywhere around the world and talk about energy and the environment and supply chains without talking about climate and so you know it's just from our perspective a recognition that look climate is sort of this umbrella topic um let's focus on what can the free markets do to really help solve some of these challenges and um and we you know firmly believe that you know the free market is is far more well equipped uh to innovate and to produce solutions than uh you know top-down big government solutions so um you know we're we're having a lot of fun uh we're trying to really kind of you know help conservatives get on offense on this issue because you know i think um you know many conservatives myself included years and years ago you know felt like well if i engage on this issue climate i'm i'm you know it's just a you know it's just a a cover for you know the environmental left to try and draw us back to their way of thinking and big government you know um you know approach and and we actually think you know it's the opposite uh we have the opportunity as conservatives as free market you know thanking people to look at the facts look at the data uh and we've done this and and when you when you look at the issue of climate change it is really it's free economies it's free market principles that are best equipped um, historically proven to help you know move the needle in terms of anything good for the environment so anyway that's what we're up to we, we work a lot with organizations all across the aisle but you know we're very conservative and in our approach and and the way we think about the world and and free markets. So so that's what we're up to.
2: So you mentioned just as conservatives, maybe climate is just not something that we've touched in the past. Where what has changed that paradigm and and what is giving you so much confidence to attack this again, applying free market principles and more that conservative thought? I mean, what's exciting about it and how has that changed? Yeah, it's
0: interesting. I just came from a discussion on the other side of town. I'm here in D.C. uh, about this topic and uh, and also the national security implications of of climate change and how to think about energy security and the nexus there. You know, what's changed is, uh, for one, I think, you know, Republicans and conservatives sort of now understand that, like, we we have to be a kind of a a party. We have to be a a group of, of people that really are. Putting forward solutions, or we're going to lose. And healthcare is one of those examples. It's you know perfectly applicable to this. Is you know for so long we were anti Obamacare without putting forward better alternative solutions. And um, and and the reality is like people are looking for solutions. And uh, so you know in, in the past you know the 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 movement, if you will, you know climate change was all about you know Al Gore and. You know, more recently, Greta Thunberg, a you know, young climate activist in Europe that's, you know, out there sort of shaming policymakers and world leaders about, you know, their climate sins. Uh, when, you know, in, in, in reality, if, if you if you just kind of step back uh, emotionally from the issue of climate change and you look at. All right. Well, if if, if you have to reduce carbon emissions, greenhouse gas emissions globally as fast as possible then how do you do that? You do it through free market solutions. You do it actually through embracing nuclear energy, which many on the environmental left do not want to recognize. You do it through uh, recognizing that natural gas is good for the environment, right? We've reduced greenhouse gas emissions here in the United States and around the world faster uh, as a result of fracking and our natural gas ability uh, to innovate and, and tap those resources. Um, you know, natural gas has, has helped us accelerate our, our reduction of greenhouse gas emissions faster than any other technology on the market. And and of course, we need renewables. Uh, you know, they are part of the mix. Um, and I think just instinct instinctively, as a conservative, um, you know, I I, I want to approach this almost like an investment portfolio. I want you know, I want diversified uh, investments. I don't want all my eggs in one basket. Um, you know, when I first got into the clean energy space in 2007 it was actually the last time that oil was above hundred dollars a barrel and at the time we were fighting a war in iraq uh we were still very much uh energy dependent on the middle east and OPEC. um and i just thought this is insane something's got to change now the good news is things have changed because fracking brought about the natural gas revolution we went from being energy dependent to energy you know almost independent certainly energy secure Um, and, but, you know, here we are again at a hundred dollars a barrel plus, uh, and now we're looking at, you know, a very serious war happening in Ukraine. So I I think what, uh, to try and put a finer point on your question. I mean, I think what's happened is conservatives and Republicans recognize that we have to fight on offense. We have to get on offense on this issue or we will lose. And we're not only lose on the policy, but we'll lose future generations that care about this issue.
2: When you say lose, I mean, what's, what's kind of the ultimate goal of of both sides? I mean, you hear about protecting the earth and preventing climate change. I mean, what is the common objective that we we can agree on or where you've had success negotiating on the other uh, end of the aisle? And is it a climate issue? Is it a prosperity issue? I mean, where are you guys having success with those conversations?
0: Yeah, great question. I I think it depends on who you talk to and where they are kind of on the political spectrum. But, you know, from our uh, where we where we have found a great deal of success uh, and is this issue of how economic freedom leads to a cleaner environment. And, um, you know, it's 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 a it's an idea that's actually backed up by decades, if not more of data. Um, And we actually published a report on this. And the report is simply called Free Economies are Clean Economies. And it, it uses data from two indexes, indices. One is the Heritage Foundation has an index of economic freedom that they've published now for 28 years. And it ranks countries around the world based on their economic freedom. And, and what they mean by that is, you know, um, you know <laughs> they take a look at things like private property rights and, and, and the rule of law and, and you know, the, the size of, of government, the size of federal spending um you know taxes and regulations and how you know how big are those how imposing are those how efficient are those and when you look at all of those levers you see that the countries around the world that are the most uh advanced in terms of their economy and they're also advanced in terms of their willingness to embrace democratic principles those are the countries that that are the most clean for the environment and so You know, when you think about globally the issue of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, well, you have to you have to include the developing world and and think about well, how are they going to develop and how are they going to develop in a way that is, you know, clean for their future environments and also good for their, you know, economies and also good for their democracy. And then you have to address China and India and, and Russia for that matter. Um, But so, you know, the point being is we can reduce our greenhouse gas emissions to zero here in the United States, but it won't matter if all of those other countries and regions of the world do the same. And and so the, the best way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions globally is by embracing free market principles. And this is not just like, you know, political dogma. It's not, you know, the religion of the right. Like there is empirical data. By you know two organizations, you can pick a lot of other organizations that would probably line up with this. But you know you've got Heritage Foundation on the right, and you know Yale, arguably on the left. Um, but you know both of these are very well documented indexes, and um, and and so you know it shows that free markets, free economies, lead to cleaner environments. Uh, and so you know I think that's an argument that that sells well with our conservative free market you know friends. Uh, the folks on the center, you know, m- more so than maybe on the far left. On the, on the far left, you've got sort of the far left and then the wacky far left. You know, I'd say the, the, the far left that's not wacky recognizes that you have to have nuclear energy to reduce carbon emissions and, you know, you've got to have baseload clean generation. And while they love renewables, they also recognize that renewables can't be all things to all people everywhere you know, the, the wind is great in some places, solar is great in other places, you need batteries, storage. And then even if you can put all those pieces together, let's not forget that you need the minerals, uh, the critical minerals to help make those, those uh, sources of energy. And, and oh, by the way, you know, where do we get those critical minerals, we get about 90% of our critical minerals today from China. So it, it's a, the, the the game has changed dramatically on this issue uh, from a, you know, I, I think certainly a, a climate change issue is important, but you cannot care about the climate if we don't have energy security and global security. And so we really, from a conservative free market perspective, I think, you know, folks are understanding that more and more. So I hope that answers
2: your question. Yeah. And I, I want to get a little bit more into the Russia, the China and India. But before that, you talk about free market principles. And private property is, um, you know, a, a key pillar of that. But when we talk about climate change, a lot of times it's we have one Earth, and it's kind of a public interest and everything. So tell me about how private property can advance the public good, or the you know, just how how that applies in in, in regards to what we're talking about. Yeah,
0: I think you know, there's a there's an analogy that economists like to use, uh, or saying that you know they say, which is you know, no one washes a rental car. Uh, and you know, I think that probably says it best: is when people own their property, they're more likely to take care of it. Uh, and and you see this with you know farmers, you see this with ranchers, you see this you know with people that tend to live in rural areas. Uh, you know, they care about the quote climate, they care about the environment, they they care about their you know the resources, and and they think about it in a way that um, you know where stewardship and conservation are very important. Uh, and so, you know, I think private property rights are are just critical in this regard. And when you look at, you know, that free economies, clean economies study that we did, uh, you know, the countries that rank near the bottom of that index, um, you know, the countries that are worse for the environment are countries like North Korea, right? Zero private property rights. It's a you know dictator. China is sort of near the bottom, right? You've got countries like Venezuela, so. I mean, you just you just look after country after country, or just personal example after personal example. You see where private property rights uh, is really kind of one of the foundations uh, for people caring about the climate or you know caring about the environment.
2: Makes sense. Um, as we go to you know zero footprint here in the United States, we talk about maybe that dependence on China, Russia, etc. Tell me a little bit more about this conflict uh, with Russia and Ukraine. And uh, you mentioned oil is now over a hundred dollars a barrel, which you haven't seen since you entered the industry. What um, What do we make of that whole situation?
0: Yeah, I I think uh, it's troubling um, to say the least. I mean, the the people of Ukraine are over there, you know, fighting for their their lives and their freedom at the moment. Um, And. You know, I think uh, what you've seen, what we've seen, is uh, a massive shift in terms of you know our NATO allies and their willingness to engage on that conflict, uh, in a, in a way that you know the support for sanctions, the fact that you know you've got Switzerland now you know weighing in on this issue, you've got you know uh, you know Germany increasing its its spend rate on uh, on weapons and national security by you know 2% um, you know those are all positive signs but you know if we step back and and look at like how did we get here um, you know there certainly was you know a lot of things um, not necessarily in our control related to Putin and his desires to kind of recreate you know the Soviet union in a 2.0 mechanism um, but when you look at, at Germany, for instance, you know, many of the kind of extreme environmental policies have pushed these countries and policy makers at the top to make decisions that are well intended but have very negative consequences. Um so you know, you know, Germany decided, you know, after Fukushima to you know get off of all nuclear power, you know, in, in the country. Um it did that while it increased its uh, reliance on coal. Uh so, you know, here's a, again a country that's, you know, very kind of green, very pro-environment, you know, uh, giving up the cleanest form of energy, which is nuclear, uh for for safety concerns which, you know, frankly are unfounded. But then, you know, it traded that nuclear energy for for coal from neighboring countries. Um and then worse off, it Receives you know something like forty percent today. It received even I think more like eighty to sixty percent, sixty to eighty percent. Quite a bit of natural gas in the past from Russia. Um, so you know they, they they traded kind of their desire to go green. Uh, they they took that trade and at the expense of their national security. And um, and so now you know thankfully you know the administration here in the United States and, and elsewhere. You know, they they pulled back from this uh, approval of this Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline that would feed, you know, double the natural gas from Russia to Germany. Um, But you just see like that 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 could have been approached differently and done so in a way, by the way, that 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 is still green. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to make the argument that, that we shouldn't care about reducing carbon emissions. We should. We should reduce you know all greenhouse gas emissions reduce the environmental footprint of all of our energy technologies energy efficiency is a massive way to do that on the consumer side but you have to do it in a way that is uh is secure and and transitions in a way that um you know you don't you don't give up your ability to to have the the basic you know, needs of energy that that provide for, you know, our everyday lives. You've got to have the baseload power as you transition to a cleaner energy future. And if you transition to a clean energy future before you've got your baseload power, then you find yourself in a situation that Germany has right now.
2: And as you have, you know, clean energy and you're investing in alternative resources, are those other countries that um, being responsible or are you just basically... Uh, transitioning or transferring some of that pollution to these other countries i mean does it cancel out as you know yeah Germany actually, goes green or the united states or you know our our i know you invest in, in wind and solar and and how does that affect versus the keystone pipeline and you know our imports from russia
0: yeah it's a that's a big question i i think um you know to your point when you know carbon emissions or you know a carbon you know molecule greenhouse gas emissions they kind of don't know borders so, i mean they just sort of you know go up into the atmosphere right and so um you know i i think there's there are certainly countries uh that are that are doing this in a way that 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 is responsible um you know i would say you know by and large the united states has done it historically uh in a, in a way that's responsible you know we've embraced natural gas and and recognize that it's you know, good for the environment. Um, you know we're looking at cleaner forms of, of using coal um, so that you can take the emissions and, and turn it into you know some kind of a product. Um, you know we're investing in all forms of energy innovation. Um, I, I think that, that there's a there's a lot of good out there. I'll say I don't want to be too negative. I mean there's a lot of good happening in, in countries. there's a lot of good happening in markets in particular. There's a lot of investment happening. I mean, there's just, you know, trillions of dollars being invested in, in you know, the next generation technologies on energy. Um, and so I, I think, you know, that's the good news story of this is that this is a an incredible market opportunity for investors and for, you know, free market thinkers to to jump in and, and help solve real world problems and do it in a way. That is, you know, economically advantageous and sustainable uh, for their, you know, for their companies, for their countries, uh, for the principles that that we, you know, we adhere to. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's just an incredible good news story and an incredible, you know, good opportunity uh, for us. But, you know, we, we just we have to be also very practical about this. I mean, the energy system is very complex and. Um, you know, the you mentioned earlier, like the net zero goals. Um, you know, I mean, the United States could be net zero by 2050 or pick a date. If China and Russia and India are not going to be net zero by 2050, and the developing world is not going to be net zero by 2050, well, you know, we're not going to be net zero by 2050 as a world. Um, and so, you know, we have to we have to do it in a way that doesn't hurt our economy, and we also have to do it in a way that recognizes that. Um, many of these, uh, resources are very interdependent. And I know, you know, our, my friends on the right conservatives and Republicans these days love to talk about energy independence. Um, I, I would caution to be a little bit, uh, not, I guess, to not over, oversell that. Um, you know, it, it's, we are no longer as dependent as we used to be, uh, on the middle East for our oil. We're no longer as dependent, uh, you know, for, for other, you know. Um, types of energy. But when, when you look at back to my minerals and, and critical minerals issue, I mean, 90% of our critical minerals come from China. Um, and so, you know, we're going to be dependent on, on them and other countries until we start opening up mines here in the United States, until we start reducing environmental regulations that get in the way of deploying clean energy technologies. Um, so there's just a, you know, there's a, there's a flood of capital, there's a flood of opportunity, there's, there's, you know, just so many people, so many labs, so many companies working on, on you know, finding new innovations. And, and frankly, one of the biggest barriers that often exists to that getting to the market is, is a government barrier. It, 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 you know, ironically can be an environmental regulation that gets in the way.
2: That makes sense. And we're running out, running out of time here, but I mean, this, like you said, is an extremely complex issue. And so if you're someone who's a conservative and you want to um, learn more about what's going on and speak from a educated standpoint, what's what's the message you'd give to people who aren't directly involved in the in energy sector that they can communicate that conservatives do care about the climate and we do want to change things? Um, what, what's that message to people?
0: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, you said it right there, but, um, you know, I, I would say, uh, one is if, if I could, I'd love to plug our you know our news magazine. We C3 has a news magazine. You can find it at C3newsmag.com. Um there you'll find all kinds of uh free market ideas and uh and ways of thinking and talking about this issue. Um and and so you know I'd put it in a plug for that. I, I think um you know to answer your question directly, you know, I I think that The the good news is is that like conservatives care about the environment, and we have cared about the environment for a very long time, right? I mean, Ronald Reagan has you know cared about the environment. I mean, we we we've we've, you know Teddy Roosevelt cared about the environment. There there are many Republican you know uh, you know leaders uh, in in our past and in you know present that care about the environment. We we just don't speak the language of the environmental left. So you know, again, I would say. you know, if you're, at, if you're at a dinner party and you've got some, you know, liberal friends there and they love to talk about their, you know, their, their climate uh, virtues, um, engage them in a conversation about, you know, innovation, engage them in a conversation about free markets and how free markets can really accelerate innovation in a way that governments can't. Um, and, uh, and see where that leads. Because I think, you know, I, I would again encourage folks to get on offense on this issue. We don't have to be defensive. We don't have to, you know, act as if you know uh, this issue you know is the only issue that you know the left owns. Um, we can we can take it back in a way that that you know is like authentically conservative and you know just to try and put a couple fine points on it. Number one is we should invest in energy innovation. You know, that's R and D. We we should find ways of you know accelerating and getting that innovation out to the markets faster. That's the private sector, right? And then we should reduce government barriers that get in the way of the private sector actually you know deploying these technologies at scale. And you, we do those three things, and we will be in a massively different place that's good for the environment and that is energy secure.
2: Awesome. Well, Drew, thank you so much for the time, and uh, looking forward to, to more conversations. Yeah, Matt, thanks so
0: much for the questions and uh, really good to be with you. And thanks again for the folks uh, at Steamboat.
1: Thank you for listening to today's Liberty Chat. I'm Erica Anderson, the producer of the podcast. Our podcast editor is Fingers Malloy. My co-producers include Charlotte Whalen, Zachary Rogers, Lindsay Martin, and Christina Eastman, all members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council, who represent the next generation of free market, free speech leadership. We hope you tune in again for our next Liberty Chat episode. Freedom, 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 oh, freedom. Everything I have, everything I own, all my mistakes,
2: girl, you already know. I wanna be, I wanna be free. I wanna be,
1: wanna be free.